is the model of the pharmaceutical industry's interaction with physicians in need of change. You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard. And joining me today is Christine Rapp, Vice President of Global Ethics and Compliance at Hospira, Inc. Thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here, Dr. Pickard. You know, the lay public is hearing a great deal about the interaction between doctors and the pharmaceutical industry. The AMA is looking at it, and the pharmaceutical and medical device industry is looking at it. How do you view this interaction at the present time? The interaction between industry and healthcare professionals, including doctors, is one that's gotten very complicated over the years. I think it started out as a very simple interaction, a sales interaction, for instance, or a clinical discussion. But in recent years, it's become much more complicated because, as you know, the time of healthcare professionals, doctors, and others is very limited. So it's difficult for industry to have time or interact with healthcare professionals because the inter- the exchanges are so very infrequent. And there has been a practice that's developed over time of having interactions with a healthcare professional at a conference or over a meal or at a booth at some convention. And I think one of the things that's occurred in those interactions is an expectation that there would be a meal or a gift or some offering provided to the healthcare professional. That's what's in need of change. Certainly, we look to the industry to provide education to learners, especially young learners still in school. But this process continues after you're in practice. What about this educational process is good, and what about it can be improved? I would look at it actually as a patient or a potential patient. I would want my healthcare professional to know as much as possible about a medical device or a pharmaceutical product. So those exchanges are essential to the healthcare professional knowing how to use a particular medical device or how to treat a patient with a new drug. The education of new doctors in particular or interns or residents is essential, and industry really can't do without that in order to make sure that healthcare professionals understand how to use new technology or new pharmaceutical products. Do you think that this education that's provided is really often fair? Is there a level playing field that takes place? In other words, is this information often biased? Certainly when an interaction occurs, the company representative is most interested in having the healthcare professional understand his or her technology or pharmaceutical product. I suppose you could say there is bias in that regard, but there is education provided to sales reps and to clinical specialists within companies to mitigate or lessen that bias that occurs. What can be done to improve this as far as the industry and as far as your particular office at Hospira, Inc. is doing? A new code was issued by one of the very important trade associations called Pharma. That trade association represents the major pharmaceutical companies, proprietary pharmaceutical companies in the U.S. And it issued a new code of conduct or code of ethics for the interactions between its company members and healthcare professionals. This association has had a code of conduct in 2002. What has caused them to revise this at this time? There's been a great deal of publicity, of uh, attention in the media and elsewhere about the interactions between healthcare professionals and those companies that are members of pharma. I saw in the newspaper that states are also taking action to 
change practices, but with this new institution of this code that some of the states are backing off, especially Massachusetts. Is this one of the purposes that the industry was trying to accomplish? Well, it may be an indirect result of Pharma Code and some of the other trade associations' codes of conduct. I think, though, that there was not an appetite among the Massachusetts legislators to adopt some very strict legislation that had passed in the Senate. So the House rejected that earlier this week. The restriction that was going to occur in the Massachusetts bill, according to the Senate version, would have eliminated the opportunity for industry to provide any gifts or meals to healthcare professionals. I've talked to people at healthcare institutions, medical schools, and they've instituted a very restrictive practice preventing pharmaceutical representatives from seeing interns and residents. Do you think this is the way to go? What has happened at some of the institutions, Dr. Pickert, is the appropriate action. That is limiting the times or the areas in the hospital where sales reps can enter. I think that's consistent with some of the concerns about privacy and healthcare, the treatment of patients. But there are other institutions that have implemented absolute prohibitions against sales reps coming into the hospital or into certain parts of the hospital, and that is going to be very problematic. If we go back to the point with education of healthcare professionals, how does it happen if company representatives can't come into the hospital? If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and I'm speaking with Christine Rapp, Vice President of Global Ethics and Compliance at Hospira, Inc., and we're talking about what is to be done and what can be done to improve the relationships between the pharmaceutical industry and physicians. What I was thinking about when I asked the question is, you prevent the industry from seeing young doctors or young learners, and then they go into practice and they are suddenly in an entirely different environment. Is this restrictive policy really the best way to go? In my opinion, no. It's too severe. Uh, You're right that new healthcare professionals need training. They need that contact with industry in order to know how to use particularly medical technology. I'm not sure that on the pharmaceutical side, those interactions are quite as critical. But, you know, if you or I were having a medical device implanted in us, a a new hip, you would want to make sure that the healthcare professionals that are involved in that surgery know the, the appropriate procedures for implanting that hip. Let me ask you a little bit about your own office. With this new code, the pharmaceutical industry and medical device industry is to self-police, and the way I understand the code, and it is to be left to offices such as yourself. Tell me, what does your office do when it comes to Hospira, and how is Hospira dealing with the issues that we're talking about? That's a great question. We're engaged in that every day. Hospira is actually a member of AdvaMed, which is a trade association similar to Pharma. It represents the medical technology companies within the U.S. and has approximately 1,000 members. We're a subscriber, a follower of the AdvaMed Code of Ethics, which is in many instances very similar to the Pharma Code as it has existed. And every day, 
my group at Hospira is involved in answering questions of the sales force and monitoring the activity of the sales force and other employees who interact with healthcare professionals to make sure that we're following the terms of the AdvaMed Code of Ethics and also our own procedures. You know, a great deal has been written about the AMA's Physicians Data Restrictive Program, but doctors can opt out of this program by going to PDRP website to opt out, but most of us don't. This information is then passed on or could be made available to the pharmaceutical industry. It's supposed to be used for educational and research purposes. Does your office get involved in how that information that might come to your company is dealt with in an educational way, a way of looking at recalls if it becomes necessary, but not necessarily for hospital representatives to use this kind of data when you walk in and see a doctor. Because of the nature of the products that Hospira sells, we do not engage in that sort of activity from my office, but nor does the company really monitor that sort of data. Our products are perhaps different from the products of companies that are much more interested in that sort of data. What is the difference? We're a generic pharmaceutical company. Hospira has those generic drugs. When you walk into a hospital and see an IV bag with a drug in it, that is likely to be a Hospira product. We also sell medication delivery devices. So if you saw an infusion pump or an IV set, that would likely be a Hospira product. Well, that's interesting. You know, it brings up a whole question. Should the government or the industry be presenting you with more comparative drug efficacy studies. So not that I'm plugging generics, but we are often asked, or when we meet a hospital representative, we often hear about the newest drug, the most expensive drug, and is that really necessarily the most cost-efficient drug we should be hearing about? The nature of the business that Hospira has is to promote the generic drugs, so the more affordable drugs, the drugs that have been on the market have passed through that patent restriction. But that's really outside of the scope of, of my responsibility. Well, I was thinking about just the educational aspect of the contact of the pharmaceutical representative with the physician. It would be nice if Maybe this is in a perfect world if physicians were given information that they could process. I think with all of us being so busy, it is very difficult for us as learners, whether you are a resident and have time or you have a waiting room full of patients, to look at data and evaluate it. And I think we're looking to the pharmaceutical industry to help us with this. In other words, what could the pharmaceutical industry do that's better for us as physicians as far as being learners? One of the things that the industry could do is to make sure that the sales reps that are calling on physicians and also the medical liaisons, the people that are more in the medical affairs sectors of companies, are more informed about the science, the clinical aspects of the use of the products. There is a greater tendency on the part of companies, in part driven by some of these state laws, to hire employees, higher sales reps, and others who have a, a much greater grasp of the scientific aspects or the clinical aspects of the products that they're going to be selling. We've talked about the pharmaceutical industry. Is there any different issues as far as medical device industry is concerned? There are big differences. And I actually have been very close to that issue. In AdvaMed, a new code of ethics was adopted back in 2003. So after the pharma code in 2002, AdvaMed issued a new code, and I chaired that effort for the trade association. The code that AdvaMed issued actually relates to the way the sales 
professionals will interact with healthcare professionals when it comes to medical technology. And as we spoke about before, you really want to make sure that the healthcare professional knows how to use the medical technology, knows how to implant an implantable device, or how to use a new piece of equipment, an MRI device, or an infusion pump. And it's the responsibility of the company to train healthcare professionals on that new technology. Sales reps engage in that training all the time. Well, today we've been talking about the tension that exists between the pharmaceutical industry and the physicians, as well as the government and the lay press. There is much to be said, and there's much good that can come of this. We hope that the positive aspects, as far as educating physicians to deal with the newest drugs and newest devices, will be emphasized, and the advertising aspects of it will be de-emphasized. And I think we're stepping in that direction. I want to thank Christine Rapp, who is Vice President of Global Ethics and Compliance at Hospira, for being with us today. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard. I'm your host, and you've been listening to Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. To listen to our on-demand library, visit us at ReachMD.com. If you have comments or suggestions, call us at 888-MD-XM-157. Thank you for listening.